Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Project Loving Myself podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. I was a different person. If I think about it, two weeks ago, I was this. I was lost. Right. And then after that two weeks, I was brand new. So it was like a paradigm shift. Like everything just changed. My mindset changed. My rituals. I had rituals. Everything. Everything changed. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. everyone, this is Sanaya and I'm back with you on a new episode of the Project Loving Myself podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about some very, very deep issues that a lot of people are struggling with, like depression, anxiety, and stress. So I found out recently that we have our very own Helen of Troy story here in the Philippines. But instead of the face that launched a thousand ships, our guest today launched a jump rope, the Adarna rope, which is a tribute to her being the fitspiration that has encouraged Filipinos to start using a jump rope in their fitness routines. The rope is also inspired by the mythical Ibong Adarna bird of the Philippines, known for its stunning color and healing magical powers, which in so many ways is a metaphor for the modern day Filipina that Ellen Adarna represents. Someone who has touched and inspired many Filipino hearts with her love and honesty. She has graced the covers of every major magazine in the country, consistently dominated every sexiest woman list year after year, and appeared on a number of Capamilia shows. She is, no doubt, girl on fire. But what stands out about Ellen is how she broke taboos on talking about mental health. Diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic disorder, Ellen found her way back out from a black hole to 101% by going through a mental training program in Bali, Indonesia. We're going to find out more about how she conquered her mental health challenges to becoming the advocate of mental health and well-being that she is today. Join me as we explore Ellen Adarna's journey back to well-being and health. 
Hi, Ellen, and welcome to the Project Loving Myself podcast. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. You have mm-hmm. such a amazing journey back from depression, anxiety. I mean, you've come a long way. So is this something you are comfortable talking about or does it still bring up a lot of sort of painful memories and trauma when we, you know, go into those kind of subjects? How do you feel about it? Now, I I am actually comfortable talking about it. There was a point right after I did the mental training in Bali, maybe let's say around two months, I was still trying to heal but I think now I am okay but there are times when I I have my not so okay days but I'm good I'm good talking about it okay well you know I I think you have a story that is really going to help a lot of people out there all our listeners I'm sure will take a lot and I think you know Ellen, your story is so relevant to people today because so many people are struggling with these kind of feelings. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what to do with these feelings. This pandemic has brought up a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty about the future. And so I think this is something, you know, that is more relevant today to people than ever before. So I'm really grateful that you're here to kind of share your experience and to inspire people. Now, I want to rewind a little bit. So before we get into sort of what happened, tell me about your acting and modeling career. You actually came from an entrepreneurial background and you went into entertainment. So was that something that was like really thought out? Like you always wanted to go into acting or, and modeling or was it something that, you know, just came suddenly into your life? I had no plans at all, but the time when I decided to leave Cebu was also the time when me and my dad had a big fight. And uh, yeah, I got an offer and then I just decided to leave and that was it. Like it was sudden. Everything was sudden. So I ended up staying in Manila. I ended up working for nine years. Wow. And now I'm back in Cebu. Are you back with your family in Cebu? Yes, I'm back with my family. Okay. So how long did it take for things between your father and you to sort of calm down or perhaps even get to a resolution? It took four years. Okay. It took four years from when I left and then, yeah, but my, my dad has already died. So (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) But um, I'm glad that at least, you know, before his passing, you got the chance to kind of resolve those things. But do you think that might have also contributed to the kind of, you know, anxiousness and those kind of feelings that came up a little later on? Do you think that that estrangement from the family or the difficulties between you and your father and obviously having different choices, do you think that contributed? No, because at that time, I didn't have my mental issues yet. The issues started coming out maybe three years ago. Okay. So, yeah, when I was younger, I didn't have problems. Nothing. Okay. I was a free spirit. I was a happy, a happy uh, girl. (laughs) Amazing. So tell me about what was going on, Ellen, around three years ago in your life. Like what was happening that led up to all these different symptoms or these different feelings and emotions that were sort of coming up that was a little bit difficult to deal with at that time? It started when I was 27. I realized that I wasn't happy anymore with my 
job like i didn't see myself doing it for for forever or for a long time so okay. it started there and it it wasn't that much of an issue at that time i thought so i wasn't happy with it and all of a sudden i got pregnant okay <laughs> my pregnancy was really hard my doctor advised me to just stay in bed for 3 months because i was bleeding so yeah that was the start of me leaving showbiz industry because i had a very difficult pregnancy and plus relationships with other people weren't so good also i was just not in a good state uh, 3 weeks before i gave birth my dad died with all of that combined <laughs> I went into a downward spiral. The postpartum, the hormones, it's it's really not something you can control. So I really I really I I lost it. You know what, Ellen? I think that was probably what really made it so difficult is cuz you know when you're pregnant, all those hormones and then postpartum is usually the time where you really need a lot of support. And if yeah. you're already struggling with a lot of different things going on, I can imagine how difficult it must have been for you. Yeah, it was very difficult. Like it was very difficult for me. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't like because I I was a very happy and confident I was always happy and confident. I mean, I trusted myself. I knew what I was capable of. Right after I gave birth, I I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what happened to me. I didn't know who I was anymore. So, it was very hard. Ellen, that challenge of becoming a mother and your life is not just about living for yourself. You know, now you're thinking about somebody else and you kind of almost lose your identity for a while because it's a lot of changes in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So you're coming from a situation where the relationship, so the support system wasn't there. And mm-hmm. then you were trying to que- you were questioning your career. You are in bed rest for 3 months plus the postpartum. I mean, you put this all together and this is already the stage was set for the kind of emotions and challenges that you experienced. Yes. So, when did you start to realize, Ellen, that this was a problem? Like when did you realize that something was going on? And I would imagine you were the type of person who thought you could pretty much handle things, but suddenly things got a little out of hand. Yeah. So when did I realize I knew that I uh something was going on. It started with um because I was have me and uh, my ex at that time. Our relationship was very unstable, so we also did counseling one point. Okay. So it started there and then I was talking to the therapist and then it's and um yeah, I was just talking to her and eventually I spoke to my aunt with a uh, psychiatrist in the states and yeah she diagnosed me with all those <laughs> okay so I, i i knew i knew right after i gave birth that i was going through something something wasn't right you know ellen i work with a lot of people who are going through similar things and what's interesting to me is actually this is so common a lot of women especially after childbirth go through this kind of uh you know hormonal difficulties you know your hormones are kind of raging they're out of balance so of course you feel really sensitive i remember crying a lot after i got no. pregnant 
And that after first you got month, pregnant or after you gave birth? <laughs> after I gave birth. After I gave birth. Yeah, I was really, I was, I was extremely happy during pregnancy, but after giving birth, and I had a pretty easy birth, I had an easy pregnancy. But after I oh. gave birth, I remember just not feeling like myself. And the lack of sleep because of the breastfeeding and you know, taking care of the baby, you're recovering. And like I think, you know, it's just it was so it was like, I, I remember feeling in like the type twilight zone, like things didn't quite, you know, make sense. Like it and was I, back to zero. Exactly. You know, I don't know this, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Exactly. And you know, and I'm a very strong person and plus I'm a healer. You know, this is something I do on a daily basis with people. And yeah, yeah. I found it challenging. I found that after giving birth, this was my first time around the first pregnancy I had. And I remember that I really had to lean on my husband and I really needed him to keep reminding me that everything was okay and to help me balance and kind of really help me out. So I know how terrifying it can be to be a first time mom and have to deal with all these things that are going on, you know, within our body, the lack of sleep, which by the way, in some countries, they deprive you of sleep as a form of torture. So, you know, (laughs) I am lucky that I have a a, a helper, a nanny, my son has a nanny. So I don't know what I'd do if she wasn't around. Around, (laughs) Yeah. Me too. I mean, I had the help, but I just remember because of the hormones, I remember crying at things that normally would not have affected me. So I understand how... But you're so lucky. It also really helps to have a supportive partner. Yeah, absolutely. If you're doing it on your own, I mean, that's when it can be even more pressure on you and it can be a lot more stress. But you had your aunt who was a psychiatrist and you were Mm -hmm. seeing a therapist. So what were people recommending to you? And was it like, could you relate to how they were diagnosing you or what they were sort of suggesting you to do? What was going on at that point? So at first it was just um, counseling and talking, a lot of talking. But now I realize that no matter like we talked about everything and they tried and I did all the pills. I was uh, prescribed with the set 20. Okay. And I had my Zaner. I even had my Dormicums to knock me out sometimes. But none of this, like, I knew deep inside the problem. Okay. But I just didn't, I was in denial that that was the problem. I think, like, I wasn't taking action to fix it. Those things, because of, um, how do I say I lost my train of Take your time. So where were we? <laughs> no, so so you were saying, Ellen, that you knew what was going on, but you were in denial. Oh. And I think that's also something that tends to happen is I think we all kind of know what's going on, but we hide from it. And in fact, I was just doing a video recently on my IGTV and I was talking about how we can't heal what we don't accept. And most of the time, right? Most of the time, yeah. the things that are still kind of unresolved in our life are things that we can't accept yet. We can't face or confront. But when we do, I think that's when the healing starts to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I was very disconnected with myself at that, that time. So, uh, there. How do I okay. say this? That, this is so hard. No, no, <laughs> this is, honestly, this is something really difficult to talk about. And you're extremely brave 
to be here with me to talk about it. So take your time and please don't feel pressured. Okay. Whatever comes to you, we'll take it from there. So tell me about what you did next. So you knew what the problem was, but you knew like, you know, all this medication wasn't going to really help you. So what happened next? Yeah, it didn't help me because um, every time I took the meds, I would not feel sadness, but I wouldn't feel happiness either. Like I was a robot. And yeah, the whole time I was just lying in bed. Like I do not want to move. I do not want to do anything because I do not feel anything. Wow. So I was like, I told myself I couldn't do this. Like this is not working. If if this is the kind of life I am going to live forever, <laughs> this is not, not what it. I want. I am going to die, <laughs> I think, <laughs> or I'll end up killing myself. And I, and I understand why people, you know, think about suicide because it's it's just so sad. If that's the quality of life, you you live or, you yeah. know, you think about that. Oh, my God, this is the kind of life I'm going to live forever. So, yeah, yeah and I was open about it to my friends, my close friends. And then I met Sam. Sam is the one who did uh, the program before me. And she also went through the same things that I did. She did the program a year before I did it. She was better. She didn't have anxiety anymore. She didn't have depression anymore. And, you know, she was doing really well. And so I, so I talked to her. I was like, I am interested about what you did and then she told me everything about it and I was like okay this is my last resort I'm really desperate and I am going to do this because what's to lose right right so there I I I signed up so this program it actually asked you to go to Bali right for some time yeah the program was two weeks okay And did you know what you were getting into? Like, did you know what was going to happen? Or you just sort of dived into it because it helped your friend? You don't really know unless you're there, unless you're facing it. So I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't know it was going to be that hard. Like, there were times when I would think that maybe I should just try to escape or (laughs) pack my bags and go home because it was very, very, very intense. So, so what, what, what happened there? Like, what are the things that you had to go through and how do you think it helped you? They use the body to get to your mind. So there are a lot of physical exercises, like very tiring physical exercises. And um, also it was a lot of introspection. It was, it was like going to school but I was just studying myself, my thoughts, and uh, my emotions. Wow. It actually sounds really beautiful. It sounds like you were in there to learn like life skills, things they actually don't teach us. Exactly. School. And also, it is um, ancient philosophy. It's Zen philosophy. Okay. So, yeah, in Zen philosophy, there's nothing. They don't call it depression or anxiety or whatever or PTSD, they call it a disbalance. Right. So there they taught me to balance things again, to balance everything, my mind, body, and soul. So the cause of my depression and all all that I was feeling was just really a disbalance. Like there's something that wasn't doing well 
my like mind goals or body goals or soul goals. And they really explained it well. So the first day I applied that Zen philosophy. And then the fourth day I was fine. Like everything made sense. I was like, okay, now I know why. Wow. Why so I, mean- I was depressed. Why I was feeling like this. Why this and that. So I saw a picture that you shared of you being wrapped up, I think in like a cocoon. That was one of the exercises and you had to get out. Can yeah, you tell the me cling wrap. Yeah, the cling wrap. That was it. Can you tell me about that experience? That was to bring out my anxiety. So these were the exercises, like they bring out your issues. So that was like an anxiety exercise. And I didn't know that it was an anxiety exercise. They didn't let me know. I just, I just, I just realized that, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> this is like anxiety. I'm going to die when right. they wrap me here, like very tightly. So yeah, they had to bring out my anxiety for me to face to face, like intense <laughs> in my wow. face. So yeah, that was to bring up my anxiety and, um, the lesson I, I learned from that exercise actually was that it is just passing. Like before when I was anxious, I would take a pill or like panic or do something crazy, right? But this one, I had to stay still. I had to breathe and just and to just let it pass. And it does. <laughs> so in a way, Ellen, it sounds like you had to accept the situation. Yeah, I, because there are a lot of things that, there are a lot of emotions that comes out. Like you feel angry, you feel at one point you're laughing. So all these emotions come out and then at the end, it's just really accepting it and just letting it pass and just not reacting to it, like to it, especially when you're emotional. Right. Because it's when you're emotional and you react, it's the bad decisions or the not so nice choices right. come out. Right. And that's because like when you get really emotional, you also have a lot of hormones circulating and you can't actually make rational decisions. So you're right that we just have to stop fighting, start listening or stay calm and then it'll pass. Yeah. And just to breathe. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that's such a good lesson. Just whenever we're faced with challenges, breathe through it, relax, stay calm. It's going to pass. Because, yeah, it's not going to be like that forever. (laughs) So true. So this program for two weeks, essentially, I would imagine, pushed you to have to deal with a lot of these emotions that most of us tend to kind of hide under the rug, right? We pretend it doesn't exist or we ignore it. it, That's why it piles up and then it just goes out. And then you have a disbalance. You have this issue and you have that issue. Right. Because you don't really face it. You don't solve it. You don't right. get to the bottom of it. So it's like a funnel that's like stuck. Yeah. So in Zen philosophy, it's not flowing. It's supposed to be flowing. The good and the bad flows in and out. Right. And I think most people are actually doing this on a daily basis. You know, things happen and we just bury it. You know, we don't resolve or confront or deal with it. And eventually, eventually it just kind of, erupts or there's an outburst or there's a breakdown and that's why a lot of people have these nervous breakdowns or they have panic attacks or a situation like the pandemic makes all of this come to the surface and suddenly we don't know how to deal with it so how did you feel ellen at the end of the two weeks you went through all these 
you know, challenging exercises. You confronted, you introspected, you understood what was going on. What happened after two weeks? I was a different person. If I think about it, two weeks ago, I was this. I was lost. And then after that two weeks, I was brand new. So it was like a paradigm shift. Like everything just changed. My mindset changed. My rituals. I had rituals. Everything. Everything changed. When you went back home, how did the people around you react? Like did they suddenly feel like the Ellen they knew was different? Or was it actually an adjustment for you to... Come back to what your life used to be like with the same people? So after I had to cut Bali short because of the pandemic. I actually, I didn't finish the program. I still have two exercises left. Wow. But because of the pandemic, I had to come back. I was actually ready for this <laughs> mentally. Like people ask me, are, what have you been doing? Or how are you? How are you during this time? I was like, I am actually having fun. Is it right to say? Because, yeah, I didn't even finish the program, but I was trained for this. This is what I trained for. Wow, look at the look at the synchronicity, like the timing. Imagine if you hadn't been in Bali right before the pandemic, you would have a completely different experience of the pandemic. I, I know. I'm and so thankful. Seriously. And you know what? I don't think it's wrong to say that you're okay and that you're actually enjoying this time because... All of us are having different experiences, and I think we need people like you to show people that it doesn't have to be all negative. It doesn't have to be so difficult and challenging that if you're mentally prepared, you can actually find the silver lining, you know, in every dark cloud. You can find a way to turn the situation around so it's a positive experience, and that's what you did. Yeah. That's the inspiration (laughs) to people, right? Yes. (laughs) Wow. And yeah, this is why 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 I started doing jump rope. <laughs> this is how it started. Now before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. The Beauty Authority Podcast, hosted by Dr. Vicky Bello. Hi, this is Dr. Vicky Bello, and why do I think I'm a beauty authority? Well, I've been in clinical practice of dermatology and cosmetic surgery for the last 30 years. And so what we're trying to do with this podcast is to combine the scientific knowledge and research that we always do with the practical, clinical, everyday experience with patients. So I thought this would be a nice, unique way to share with you knowledge about skincare and beauty, etc. Join me and Katrina Razon, your beauty authorities, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Okay, so tell me about that. Tell me about this jump rope because you've definitely inspired a lot of people with this. So tell me about the jump rope. How did you get from, you know, coming out of Bali, coming back to Manila, and then now this? We were trained, uh, I was trained in the program that exercise is really important. So it's a balance of the mind, body, and soul. This is the body part. And you really have to move. And because it was quarantine and we were just at home, I it was only jump rope or for cardio, right? You can't really go out for a jog. 
So it was jump rope. And I have been skipping and jumping since I was a kid because of gymnastics. Okay. So this is why I think people were like so amazed. Like, how do you do that? How are you able to do that? It's because I've been doing it uh, uh, since I was a kid. <laughs> and that's how it picked up because people thought it was cool doing tricks and all that. And then they started doing it because there's nothing else better to do. <laughs> so there. You know, it's, uh, it's so interesting that you brought that up, Ellen, because when the pandemic started, I was working out at home. Right. And I was doing jump rope and jump rope is actually such a great exercise. Right. Because you burn so much. And in the beginning, I would like I really didn't like it because it was just, you know, I kept tripping over the rope and I was like getting tangled up and everything. But I got really good at it by the end of it. Really? Wow. <laughs> That's actually, great. I have a friend actually, Ellen, and she takes a jump rope with her on her trips. Like I she, do that. You do that, right? Yeah. So she said, you know, if you're in a hotel room and you, you know, want to exercise really quick, and obviously, you know, when you're sometimes on holiday, you're dining and whining and so on. Yeah, yeah. And so what she does is she just gets up and she does the jump rope. And burns the calories, and then she feels really good. So and you and do it. You can do it everywhere, like everywhere. even in the bathroom. You can do it in the bathroom, <laughs> and it doesn't take up space in your suitcase. Yeah. It's very portable. <laughs> it's definitely like best exercise ever. It is. I only so, do 15, 15 minutes, and I'm good, and I'm set, and I've maintained. So, as compared to running, where I would use, I used to run for like thirty-five minutes to an hour. It took so much time. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Seriously, Ellen, how did the collaboration happen between you and you know this Adarna Rope? How did that happen? Okay, so rope flow is very different from just normal skipping. Okay, it's a different rope. It's a much heavier rope. It's Skipping is like boxing. Rope flow is like yoga. Mm. And with rope flow, you have to flow with the rope. You have to be calm. And yeah, it's like you have to be in a meditative state. I was just going to say, it sounds meditative and very mindful. Yes. (laughs) Nice. Almost perfect for what you were going through, right? This kind of new space of mindfulness and meditative and calmness. It sounds like it was perfect for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also fun because it was something that reminded me or I had really fun doing when I was young with gymnastics. So, Right. Yeah. So it brought back all those happy memories. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So now, Ellen, you went through a really dark period. You came out of it just in time to go through a pandemic with a much better point of view and mindset. You then, you know, you, you figured out how to combine your exercise with a powerful message or advocacy. So a lot of things have been kind of looking up for you now. So putting things in perspective, looking at everything you've been through, what were the biggest lessons you've learned? Is that that um, that everything is just passing. And that mm-hmm. is the biggest lesson I've learned. Because I really thought 
but I was going to be stuck in that state forever. And yeah, through that training that I did also, because that was like an intense two weeks of just letting everything pass. So yeah, that is my 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 biggest lesson that everything just passes and to embrace the dark as much as you embrace the light wow. it's in the dark that you really you, that you get polished that you learn so there i love that it's in the dark that you learn that you get polished and i also like that you said you have to embrace the dark as much as you embrace the light yeah that's so true Wow. It really does feel like you've come out, you know, like a like a diamond, you know, like sparkling like a diamond from a dark place. Amazing. I'm just happy. I'm just really happy I'm out of it. I don't want to go back into that. But I am sure now that I will not because I will not allow myself to fall into that again. <laughs> what will you do, Ellen? Like what what did you learn that you're now applying to your life to make sure you will never get there again. I just have to maintain that balance. Um, I have to to meet my goals for my mind. If I have I have goals and I have to reach it, and if I don't, I punish myself. So with the program, also it's it's a reward and punishment uh, system. With the body, like let's say I'm going to cleanse for one week, and if I'm not able to do that cleanse, I punish myself with something. Like do a thousand squats, something like that. So it's not like a bad. It's not a bad punishment. It's like something that you have to kind of do to compensate, like which yeah, is still good for you. Really have to, it's it's like a good punishment. I don't know. Right. I don't know what to call it. It's it's discipline. Discipline. <laughs> I would say discipline because maybe punishment yeah. sounds a bit like hard on you you know but i think the yeah. like at the end of the day a thousand squats is amazing for your butt right i mean yeah. that's so good for you <laughs> so it really just boils down to discipline like discipline. Uh, maintaining that balance requires discipline and effort agreed so yeah i was given the tools not to to use so yeah i just have to to to, to work on it well Okay. And how do you think now, Ellen, armed with all these new techniques and new ways, right, of handling things in your life, how do you think that's going to change the way you relate in relationships? Because I know you said, you highlighted that your relationships were kind of not working before, right? This is why I I lost my chain of thought because it is a sensitive topic and I don't want people to, you know, uh, whatever, pick up some stuff and like make twist it or that's why I'm very careful about it about that relationship yeah so I'm sorry again (laughs) so okay so whatever happened in the past it happened but Hmm. now going forward like how do you think you will handle relationships and what are you now looking for because you've changed as a person you're not the person you were before so the choices you make would be different how you would handle things I'm sure would be different than what it was before so what does it look like now now I know that it's going to be different because I am more aware of things before I wasn't I was very disconnected with myself I was in denial the whole time but I think now I am more aware and I have a clearer mind so 
meditation really helps too. I meditate every day. So meditation helps me to make better choices. Amazing. So, yeah. I believe in myself that I am going to make better choices. And I know I will. I'm sure you will. I mean, that (laughs) conviction is in your voice. So I believe it. Right? (laughs) Do you believe, Ellen, in soulmates? Like, what is your idea about like love and soulmates is that something you are sort of into if i if i found my soul i think i would have been married <laughs> but um i do believe in soulmates it's just that i haven't met the one yet but I have friends. I've met friends, people like not not a romantic partner or something that I really get to connect. So I consider them soulmates also. But right. in right. a partner, I haven't. Yeah, that's but that's true though. We don't. I mean, our soulmates could be our best friends. Our soulmates could be people that really inspire us or people we work with. But there is also that kind of compatible, you know, romantic soulmate as well. What would you say is important to you in in a relationship in a soulmate? What are you looking for? For me, ah, oh, okay. Now it's really having the same core values. And respect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, love can't stand alone. It doesn't work <laughs> without respect. And it's hard. I mean, like, maybe you can try to make it work even if you guys don't really have the same values, but that's so much hard work. And yeah, I don't want to deal with that anymore. <laughs> so if ever I'm going to find a partner, I'm going to choose wisely (laughs) and make sure that we have the same stand on relationships. You know, it's it's so interesting, um, Ellen, that you said that because again, in a lot of my sessions in my coaching sessions or healing sessions with people, a lot of people are in relationships that are difficult, like very difficult, but they think it's normal. Right, it's they feel for them. They think it's normal. Like a lot of people think that relationships are difficult. You know, they grew up watching their parents have difficult relationships. Well, that is their standard of the relationship. Correct. They don't know that relationships could be smooth and easy. I think a lot of women in particular don't know that they can actually put themselves first in a relationship and they could be loved and cherished and respected, that they don't have to be the martyr, right? They don't have to sacrifice for the family or the partner. Good relationships. I've had like fruitful and nurturing relationships. And that was, that is my standard. Like, this is what love is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like easy and not like torturous. But I've also had like really toxic relationships. And I am very traumatized. Right. (laughs) So we need to, I guess we need to know the difference between what is a good relationship and what is a not not so great relationship. And I guess we need to also have the courage and the bravery to leave those not so good relationships before it becomes torturous. And that's something that we learn along the way. 
Yeah, but I think most people don't really know or you know learn something unless it's it's gotten really out of hand. Right. So I guess that it's, it's also important for them to experience it to know the difference. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, like what you went through, I mean, I'm sure you've learned a lot through your relationships and now, you know, you're not going to take anything less than that's that standard of being nurtured and respected and the same yeah. values. Like you don't want it to be difficult because you've been there, right? You know yeah. how bad it can be. Yes. Right. <laughs> Setting <Yeah>. standards, <laughs> yeah. limits and boundaries. So. <laughs> Amazing. So I just had this kind of bright idea and I'm not sure if you're game. So let me know. Would you like me to take you into a soulmate manifestation right now? Of course. Why not? (laughs) It's like, it's a It's a Thady healing technique. It's the technique that I use with my clients and it's really effective. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you to a space where you're going to manifest your soulmate and you're going to list in your mind the qualities that you want in a partner. Okay. And we're just going to put that out as an invitation to the universe. And then we'll see what's happening. What's going to happen. What do you think? Okay. Should we do it? I do this in my affirmations, but I, how is how is this different from doing affirmations and all? Um, so affirmations are great. Everything you're doing is probably really wonderful. But the thing about theta healing and especially the soulmate exercise I'm going to do with you oh. right now is it's super fast. Okay, Ooh. like I've I've worked with people, and usually within three months, somebody comes into their life. And a lot of my clients are already married with children to these soulmates. Um, in, in my story in particular, I went up and did this manifestation in 2010. And I, you know, I was kind of, I had commitment issues, Ellen. Like I was, like I wanted to be with someone, but at the same time, deep down inside, I had a lot of resistance and commitment oh. issues. That's part of the reason why I got into this healing journey, a spiritual journey myself. And so I kind of went up and did this and I made a list of 50 things that I want in a partner thinking, you know, the universe is not going to find me someone with all 50 things. Like what are the chances that sound impossible? You listed it. I listed it and like even things that aren't so important. Cause you know, after like 10 things, I ran out of like what else to put on my list, but you're supposed to put as many things as you can. And so I put these 50 things. It sounded impossible to me, but crazily enough, I did this on February 14th and um, I met the person who's now my husband um, on June 14th. So it took a couple of months. And even though I was like completely like deep down inside, afraid of commitment and marriage and, you know, being with someone uh, who would be the, the, the one, I was totally afraid of it deep down inside, but I was doing a lot of healing work and sure okay. enough, the person came and, you know, I met him for three days and we were engaged one month later. So that's how quick it was. What? Yeah. Well, that's a, you, you, you really can't tell when you find your soulmate, right? Seriously. It was like the shortest relationship I've had in my life. And that's the person I ended up marrying. And, you know, we've got two kids now. It's been uh, almost 10 years. Never in this 10 years have I ever doubted that this is the person for me. Oh, okay. I want that. How, how, okay. how do I Okay. So all you're going to do is, so you're going to close your eyes for me. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to take you in a visualization. All right. And then I'm going to ask you to repeat a few things in your mind. Okay. And then you're just going to visualize and imagine your soulmate. I'll walk you through everything and then that's it. So are you ready? 
Okay. All right. So take a deep breath in. And relax. Okay. I want you to imagine energy coming up, Ellen, through the bottoms of your feet. It's coming up into your body. So you're just going to visualize it as I talk you through it. So there's energy coming up into your body through each and every one of your chakras coming out of the top of your head in a beautiful ball of light. I want you to imagine yourself in that ball of light going up, 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 and out into the universe. You're going to go beyond the universe. I want you to imagine that you're going through layers of light. And I want you to imagine that you're going through a beautiful golden light. You're going to go up through kind of like a jello-like substance with shapes and colors. It's swirling, and you're just going to go right through it. I want you to imagine you're going higher, 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 and you're going to go into this beautiful white light, Ellen. And I want you to just imagine everything around you is beautiful white, white light. There are no people there. It's just energy and it's pure love. And this is sort of the seventh plane. This is the energy of creation. This is the space of, of creator, of God, of just pure love, pure consciousness. And I want you to take another deep breath in. Okay. Now I want you in your mind to repeat after me. That creator, you say it silently in your mind. It is commanded that I have in my life a soulmate with these qualities and traits. And you just list them all in your head right now. I'll give you a few minutes. List everything you want specifically. And then when you're done, you say that I have my soulmate with all these qualities, my divine most compatible soulmate with all these qualities in my life right now in the highest and easiest way. Thank you. It's done. It's done. It's done. Okay. Show me. Okay. Keep your eyes closed. Ellen, keep your eyes closed. Okay. Now I want you to actually visualize in your mind that you're with this person. You may not see what this person looks like, but I want you to imagine and feel those feelings of being happy, excited, there's so much respect and love. You feel nurtured, cherished. I want you to actually imagine this is there in your life. And you're with this amazing person that's perfect for you. And I want you to feel that energy of love. And it's all around you. And it's in you. And it's shining from you. I want you to take another deep breath in, keep your eyes closed, and breathe out through your mouth. And I want you to say in your mind, thank you for this. I accept this now. And I want you to open your eyes when you're done. All right. How do you feel? Great. <laughs> so could you visualize yourself with a person like that? Yes, that is how I imagine myself. Uh, if I do end up with someone or a boyfriend, like that is what I want. 
it's what you want but it's not what happens like what's wrong with me <laughs> no so that's that's what we did okay we put that call out and um you know let's see what happens but the fact that you could visualize yourself in that place shows me that your mind is ready to accept that kind of manifestation into your life that you're ready for that so now you just kind of you know go on with life and just know that this is coming it's just a matter of time it's a matter yeah. of timing because i think that person's out there and they're just waiting to come in okay Hopefully. so, so you're, gonna keep us, you're gonna keep us updated and if anything happens i'm gonna update all our listeners on the podcast all right. You know, for sure. I'll message you. Oh my God, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. So, you know, um, so Ellen, what, what I did is I took you through the meditation technique and why it works is because I'm trained to hold this very high, um, brainwave called theta. It's high in terms of it's a, it's a very deep brainwave. It's a sleep wave. And it's also a very beautiful brainwave for manifestation. So I'm, I was holding it for you, which is why this manifestation could happen for those who are our listeners out there. You can definitely follow the meditation and go through that, but it's definitely more powerful and it'll work if you're doing it with a theta healing practitioner. So just a disclaimer in case anyone's out there and doing it and say, wait a minute, Sanaya, why didn't my soulmate come? Okay. Yeah. So you really have to be tuned in with a practitioner for this to actually work. Okay. So Ellen, I got a few more questions that I really want to ask you. Uh, tell me about your thoughts, Ellen, on self-love. I feel like, you know, you're very clear about what you want. And I think you've really learned how important you are and how to prioritize yourself. So tell me your thoughts on self-love and what would you say to our listeners who are on this journey, just as you have been, you know, to finding themselves and learning to love themselves and, you know, making sure that they respect themselves and they get respect from other people. What would you say to them? For me, self-love is discipline. <laughs> yeah, it requires discipline and effort like the real ones, like the higher kind of love. Tell me more. Like, what do you mean by discipline, Ellen? And by the way, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you because I've actually read about that concept. And what I know about, you know, understanding self-love as a form of discipline is it's being kind to yourself and, you know, not just putting whatever you want in your body, right? Not just like being lazy or like, but it's actually being disciplined to do th the things that are good for you, like meditation or rituals, correct? It's, yes. It's discipline and awareness. For me, the number one recipe is really awareness. And I'm happy that through meditations, I get to be more aware of things. Because um, now that I think I'm more and I'm better at being aware as compared to before, I make better choices for myself. So it's from food, what I do, my decisions. So it really does require discipline, like introspecting, observing yourself, knowing what do you mean? What's important or what's good for you? And I think meditation is the only tool to get to that. Did I see it right? Yeah, for you did. And you said something so important, Ellen. You said it's about making good choices, having the discipline to make good choices for you. It's not about just making good choices, but it's good choices that 
are good for you. I think a lot yeah. of us make choices and we consider a lot of other people, but we don't consider ourselves always. Yeah. And I think self-love, saying that self-love is about making good choices for yourself, I mean, that's a big statement. That's actually really powerful. So <laughs> I, I'm glad you said that, actually. That's a great tip. Amazing. Okay, so if you had to... Okay, Ellen, if you had to share with listeners something like a, like a message of inspiration about getting through those dark times, getting help when you need it, you know, taking things into your own hands as you did and, and doing something that's completely out of your comfort zone. I mean, you've actually done quite a bit to get to where you are today. What would you say to our listeners about your journey of well-being to empower them on their own journeys as well? We call this kind of like the Project Loving Myself mantra. So what is your Project Loving Myself mantra that you would share with others? Mantra. A message or a mantra? <laughs> mantra message. So it's a message that's kind of like something that they can use as maybe an affirmation, you know, in their mind, something that they can use to kind of feel inspired and to remember that message. That you'll get through with everything. Everything is just passing. Yeah. I think that's really, you'll be okay. That's, and that's really the theme I think of today is everything will pass. So they say, right. I think they say in, um, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Shall pass. And I think just having that kind of in your head, this too shall pass. <laughs> everything in has everything, in the end everything will be okay if it's not okay it's not the end <laughs> right if it's not okay it's not the end that was my mantra when i was uh i remember my best friend told me that and it has always been my mantra growing up in the end everything is going to be okay if it's not okay it's not the end i remember i would always tell myself that when i was That's younger and it really did work it really does that's actually a beautiful statement too. I love that. So, wow, Ellen, this has been, I think, a very interesting conversation. First of all, I'm so excited you let me do a soulmate manifestation with you. And I'm really excited. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I think it brings me so much joy when I see other people in the right relationships, you know, with people that um, really, really value them. And I think that everyone deserves that. Um, I count but my I blessings. I really lost hope. Like, I wasn't, I'm not interested. Like, I don't believe in that anymore. Like, I'm really not into relationships. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was there at, before I met my partner, before I met my husband, honestly, Ellen, for I think two years before that, I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship. It's too much work. You know, it's very traumatic for you as well. Yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot of relationships that, you know, maybe I, I gave a lot in those relationships and, and I, I got hurt, but I learned towards the end of it. You know, I learned when I got into healing and spirituality that it was, the problem was never the other person. It was always me, Yeah, you know, and I take, I take responsibility and accountability for the choices I made. You know, because those were my choices that ended yeah. in not so great experiences. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to choose myself. And I think, you know, I went through this self-love journey. I went through the well-being journey, which is why I'm here today on the podcast. And my podcast is about, you know, just inspiring people and motivating them to realize that, you know, life doesn't have to be status quo. Like life doesn't yeah. have to be 
whatever it is, and then it's never going to get better. You know, it's not like that. We can actually change things. We can ask for more. We deserve what we think we deserve. So if we start to believe that we deserve a lot more, we're going to attract that. We're going to create that. And we're not going to settle for anything less than that. Yes, it's true. (laughs) And also... I went through that and I was feeling hopeless and helpless. Like, oh my God, I'm never going to find that person. And my husband, honestly, he is a gift from the heavens. I mean, I have never met anyone in my life who loves me so completely as he does. Yeah. And you know, like I found him when I was 30, which in in my community, 30 is kind of old, you know, but I, I, my husband, (laughs) like 10 years ago, and I'm from a conservative, like Indian community. And usually like women get married and have their children in their early twenties. Right. And I was like 30 and I just met him. And then I started my sort of relationship life with him at that age. And honestly, I'd been through a lot of relationships and this relationship with my husband is the easiest And he is just amazing. So I think when you finally realize how amazing you are and you start to love yourself and value yourself, you'll attract someone who feels the same way about you. Yeah, I know that. Like at the time, thinking about it now, looking back, my partners at some points, like were also like the same as me. So I was attracting what I was. Right. <laughs> and you there know, was a time when I was one when, when I was okay, I was I, I was with an okay partner, and there was a time when I wasn't so okay. I wasn't with a so, a so okay partner. So it was yeah. It's I know that it's really me, and I have to. <laughs> we have to accept that, you know. And you're right. You're right. The truth is, we attract exactly the same vibration of a partner as where we are in our life. So if you're like really going through a lot of challenges and struggles, you're probably going to attract somebody who's going through the same thing. And usually you and your partner, like that's how it is, right? This is really true. This is so So true. true. And you'll trigger each other and like exactly what your weaknesses, the partner will kind of each other. Exactly. (laughs) It goes into a downward spiral. (laughs) Correct. Like, correct. But I think if you're in a place in your life where you really, you know, you really love and accept yourself completely. And that's why I think investing in yourself, investing in self-development, self-improvement, like you went to Bali to kind of, you know, learn to connect with yourself. And I think investment I did for myself, like I would do it again, hopefully, you know, but (laughs) Yeah, and I went through the same thing. You know, I went through a couple of years of my life where I really invested in a lot of healing. I was doing healing sessions. I was doing classes, workshops. I was doing meditation. I was really learning and I was becoming a different person. Like how you said you came back a different person. I mean, yeah. I am a completely different person today than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, yeah, yeah. right? So we're constantly evolving. And as long as we're evolving in the positive direction, like you said, we'll always be okay. You know, things will always work out in the end. (laughs) Ellen, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so candid and honest with us. I'm sorry about earlier. It's just that I didn't want to touch that that person. 
<laughs> no problem. Of so I, I lost, I lost my train of thought. Like I got lost because oh. I don't know how to explain it. Like, oh, how do I explain it without? Right, you know, compromising yeah. another person. Yeah, I get it. And you know what? I respect your privacy. And um, we should all understand that what happens in a relationship stays in a relationship. But maybe what we can take out of it are the lessons. And, you know, like you said, you know, everything that you learned that will make you get into relationships where you really feel. Yeah, although I'm really like thinking about it, and I'm really grateful that it happened because if it didn't happen, like I think I would still be the same person, same unconscious person who doesn't really love herself. <laughs> That's <laughs> the thing. He taught me um, how to love myself. So I am great, very grateful for that. Sometimes the people who hurt us are the ones who inspire us the most in our life mm-hmm. or who are the catalyst for the changes, <laughs> positive changes. Yeah. So we can thank those people in our life. Yeah. instead of you know yeah all right thank you so much ellen if you would thank not you. mind sharing your socials with our audience i'm sure a lot of people might want to follow you and to you know stay in contact with you okay uh yes i only have instagram and that's maria dot elena with one l dot adarna and that's it <laughs> thank you so much Thank you. So what are your thoughts on this conversation that I had today with Ellen? I love how brave she was in talking about some very sensitive issues. I mean, things that people don't really like to share on something like a podcast or on video. So I'm really grateful that she came out and she shared her experiences. I know that there's a lot of people out there listening on this podcast who are going through their own share of anxiety, stress, and depression. And I'm sure, you know, now more than ever in today's strange times, You know, a lot of people are really going through these challenges that are related to mental health. I read a statistic that one in four people are depressed and they may not even know it. I mean, that's 25% and possibly today it's a lot higher given the current circumstances. So I do want to share this message of inspiration to tell you that this too shall pass, that you can get through this and that things will get better. I also encourage you to seek help you know, to find uh, some kind of way of releasing what you're going through, of healing it. And of course, I'm here to help you, to guide you. So do write in to me, do share what you're going through. And I'm happy to point you in the right direction to suggest ways of getting healing or to get through something. Please remember that there is always help. There is always a way to change things, to get out of things. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Project Loving Myself, where we go together on a path of self-discovery and we learn from each other. The thought I leave you with for this week, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. And this is a quote by Rupi Kaur. Thank you for spending time with me today on this episode of Wellbeing and Healing. Remember, you are loved. This is Sanaya with you on the Project Loving Myself podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. See you soon. 
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 